This episode has been brought to you by Project Ikute Torah, where we are here to help you learn, live, and love Torah Or and Lakute Torah. To learn more about us, visit projectikutetorah.org. This week we're learning the Sisla of Shabbos Parshas by Yigash Tafshinun Beis. The Sisla can be found in Sefer as Sisla Tafshinun Beis, Chelik Aleph, page 214. The Rebbe starts in Sefer Aleph, saying that we spoke many, many times already that all matters that are discussed in Torah, now Torah we know is the word of Torah, means a lesson, always contain inside of themselves everlasting and eternal Torahs for each and every yid. And for Klali Yisrael in all places and all times and in every situation. General heroes and also heroes that are specifically connected with the current times and events of what's going on in a certain time and place of where the Yid is. This is of course also true regarding the Parshas HaShavua within Torah, with which we always have to live with the times as Dao Rebbe tells us, 11 Midditzite. So this week's parsha by Yigash Eil of Yehuda, so surely there's an everlasting Chayiroah, a lesson which clarifies and explains to us the whole idea of how our avoido has to be, how the conduct of the Yid has to be, also in accordance to the current and present time, the very, very last moments of Golos, so close to the Geulah HaMitiz Vashleimah, as we spoke many times and specifically recently. Now, at first glance, the connection between the parish of Ayigash Eil of Yehuda and the Gula is mainly seen in the Haftorah of the Shabbos, which we know that the Haftorah is always in some way related and similar to the parsha. What does it speak about in the Haftorah? In the Haftorah, it discusses the, the Ichud, the unity between Malchus Yehuda and Malchus Yosef, the way it's going to be when Mashiach comes. The Apostle says that the Abisha tells the Navi, he should take one piece of wood and write on it the word Li Yehuda, that this is for the Shvotim that are with Yehuda. Take another piece of wood and write on it that this is for Yosef, for the rest of the Eden that are along with Yosef. Bring the two pieces of wood together, they will turn into one piece of wood, and this represents, says Hashem, that I'm going to take the Eden from among the nations where they were scattered. I'm going to collect them, I'm going to gather them, and I will make them all into one big nation, all the Shemotim, unite once again. There will be one king over all the Yidden, not like in the time where the Yidden were divided. David Amelech, or a descendant from David Amelech, from Shiach, of course, will be the Nasi over all the Yidden forever, and finally, all the Goyim will know that I am Hashem. So seemingly the connection between the Parsha and the Gula is mainly seen in the Haftoira. However, in addition to the fact that the Haftoira only shows that there's a connection to the Gula, still doesn't tell us yet what the Hayra, the practical lesson for us in Avoida of Bnei Yisroel, we're standing the moments before the Gula. In addition to that, we want to understand also what is the connection between the Haftoira and the actual Parsha. In fact, it would seem just the opposite. In Yehuda, that's in the parsha, seems to be, as we'll see in a minute, actually exactly the opposite of what the Haftorah tells us, that David Avdi Nasti Lahem Loilo, which is in the Haftorah. Why is that? Because in Vayigash Eilav Yehuda, Yehuda approaching Yosef, and generally in the parsha, 
what seems to be mainly emphasized is how Yosef is boasts, how Yosef is in command in the land of Mitzrayim. And Yehuda needs to come on to Yosef. He needs to approach Yosef by Yigash love. He needs to beg and request that Binyamin should be freed. And as the Pesach says, Yehuda is speaking to Yosef saying, Please, my master. So clearly Yosef is the master over here. Please, let your servant speak. So Yehuda is the servant. He says, you're just like Paroi, which, as the Mephorsh will explain, means, I consider you, you are as important as the king. Because Paroi appointed him over the whole land of Mitzrayim, saying that without you, no one could raise a hand or a foot in the land of Mitzrayim. Especially taking into consideration that Paroi is the superpower at the time. So this all seems to be saying that Yosef is so powerful and Yehuda is subservient in. We're at La'asid Lavoi, which after the Haftoira is speaking about, there it comes out how Yehuda is the one that's higher and greater than everyone, including Yosef. There will be one king over all Yidden. And who is that king? The Avdi David from Shevet Yehuda will be the Melech over all Yidden. And the David Avdi Nasilahem Loilo. So if anything, it seems to be that the Parsha and the Aftoid are actually bringing out two opposites. In order to explain this as the Rebbe and Siv Gimel, we're first going to have a look at the connection between the beginning of the Parsha with the end of the Parsha. As discussed many, many times, based on a cloud load, Soifon Betchilason, Betchilason Bezoifon, that the beginning is wedged in the end, the end and the beginning, that the beginning and the end have a very, very strong connection to each other. The same must be true also regarding the Parsha. So here, too, we could ask a similar question. In the end of the Parsha, the very, very end of the Parsha, the Postdoc says, Vayeshev Yisrael, the Yidin were living in the land of Mitzrayim, in the land of Goshen. They took hold of the land. They were multiplying, being fruitful and multiplying in the land, which seems to be showing the strength of Yaakov and his children, that even while being in the land of Mitzrayim, under the rulership of Pari Melech Mitzrayim, yet Paroi, gives them and tells them that two of Kol Eretz Mitzrayim Lachem who they could take the best from the land. It's according to his orders they get a holding in the land. But Meitav Eretz and the very, very best. And as we just said, by Achazuba, they take hold of the land and they multiply in it, etc. Very much. So it seems to be speaking again about the strength of Yitl in the land of Mitzrayim and so on. Contrast that with the beginning of Parsha by Yigashel of Yehuda, which seems to be showing that Yehuda and his brothers are in a very lowly situation where they need to be begging and pleading with Yosef, who is the boss over the whole land of Mitzrayim, obviously before the time that he let himself be known to his brothers who he really is. So this seems to be a situation where the Yidin are under and lower than the ruler, the person in charge of Mitzrayim, which seems to be the opposite of the end of the Parsha, which is bringing and bringing out and 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 highlighting the strength of Bnei Yisrael. So there it says, we'll see if Dalud, we could explain it in the following way. Even though that it's true that at first glance it seems to be that when Yehuda approaches Yosef, it seems more to be highlighting the strength of Yosef as the leader of Mitzrayim and how Yehuda needs to come on to him. But really, if we think about it a little bit deeper, we'll see that Yehuda is acting over here in a very, very strong and bold way, completely out of the ordinary. Yosef, we think about it, 
as the representative of Pari, is the one ruling the whole land. Bilodecha, without your permission, no one can lift a hand or a foot in the land of Mitzrayim. Especially, as mentioned before, that Pari is the superpower at the time. And Yosef being being equal to Pari, as Yehuda himself said, obviously has this tremendous amount of, of power. Despite all of this, what does Yehuda do? Obviously, without realizing that this person he's speaking to is his brother Yosef, he is completely not affected by all of this. He acts in a way that's completely courageous, even without asking any sort of permission from Yosef in advance. He approaches Yosef in a strong way, and he speaks cautiously, he speaks harshly to Yosef. And that's why he actually has to say, Al don't get angry. Even though he knows he's putting himself in danger over here, he's putting himself, his life in danger, knowing what Yosef might do to him because of his chutzpah, and yet this is the way he acts. So in other words, really what we see in Vayigash Elav Yehudah is the amazing power and strength and courage of Yehudah. Now we can understand the connection between Vayigash Elav Yehudah, the beginning of the parasha, and the end of the parasha where Yidin are strong in the land of Mitzrayim. They're living over there in the best part of Mitzrayim, settling over there, multiplying over there. And also the connection between Yehuda becoming leader in the Haftorah, the Dovid Abdi and bringing out the strays of the Milo of Yehuda, because this is really similar and coming as a result of the strength of Vayigash Elav Yehuda in the beginning of the parasha, where Yehuda is taking the stand and coming out with his full courage. Says the Renet, the Eshloima, we could say that the actual strength of Ayigash Elav Yehuda, this is what gives the Yaakov and his children the Koyak later, to go down into Mitzrayim, and in a way where they're not under the rulership of Mitzrayim, and on the contrary, they take hold of Mitzrayim, they multiply in Mitzrayim. And furthermore, as we just said, this ultimately leads to the David Abdi Nasi Lahem where the true leader of B'nai Yisrael, Mashiach, is going to be coming from David, from Shevet Judah. However, in Sif Hay, the Rebbe says we still need further clarification. All of this strength that we spoke about by Yigashel of Yehuda is all according to Yehuda's thoughts and his premise and thinking that Yosef is a Mishnah Lamelech. He's the second in command of the Goyim. In other words, before Yosef actually lets himself be known to his brothers. So this is all while thinking Yosef is not who he really is. And even though it's true that for the strength and courage of Yehuda, it doesn't really make a difference of who this person is, because he didn't know that it's Yosei. But the fact of the matter is, once we know that it is Yosei, so the truth is that we didn't need all of that strength of Yehuda anymore in order to achieve the Vayayachazubo in the end of the parasha. In other words, why are we saying that specifically because of the strength of Yehuda? It is, this is what led by the end of the parasha, the Yidin could be so strong in Mitzrayim, when in truth, we know that there was all just a show, because Yosei ultimately would have revealed himself, and we wouldn't need necessarily the strength of Yehuda. On the contrary, simply, the fact that they were able to be so strong in Mitzrayim was actually through Yosei. And the Pesach says, Yosef said, Hashem sent me over here to be able to secure you a place and to save you and to rescue you and so on and so forth. 
It was because of Yosef that Paroi said that all the good of Mitzrayim is for you. And he was the one that ordered because of Yosef to give him a place in the best part of the land. In a way of So why are we saying it's specifically because of Yehuda's courage and strength? In a similar way, we could also ask about the Aftar. Since the strength of Yehuda was only during that time, before he knew that it's Yosef, why are we assuming or why are we saying that this has a connection to the strength of Yehuda in the Aftarah? When there will be the leader from Yehuda forever and ever. In other words, what's the connection between that temporary little show of strength of Yehuda before he even knows that it's Yosef to the ultimate strength of Yehuda as being a leader? And again, on the contrary, Adonava, since Yosef Atzadik is in truth the boss of Mitzrayim as was eventually revealed. So Lucha it seems to me, opposite of the Aftoira, in which we're speaking about Yehuda actually taking charge and coming out ahead of Yosef and Vedovidavdi Nasilahem Loyalu. In other words, the question is as follows. The Rebbe puts it in, in, a different, in different words a little bit. According to Amitri according to the way things are real, that Yosef Atzadik doesn't choose the ruler of Mitzrayim. So who is the one that expresses the strength in Yidna Mitzrayim? It would seem to be that Yosef is the one that really brings out the ultimate strength of a Yidna Mitzrayim. L'choyro, we don't need the strength of Ayikashel and Yehudu to bring this out. If that's the case, why are we saying or why are we highlighting specifically that it's Yehudu's strength that ultimately leads to all of these other things? However, the Rebbe says, since all of, all of the autumn of Torah are endless and are eternal, even when there's a kosalka daita from Torah, in other words, even when Torah is suggesting something where things look like in a cer- certain way, especially in our case, that Yehuda not only assumed that this was not Yosei, that this was some Goyish leader, but he actually went ahead and acted according to that Mapoyal Mamash. So surely this act of Yehuda, this strength of Yehuda, we must say is not just a little temporary thing while he doesn't know that it's Yosef. But in fact, it achieves something. And in fact, it achieves even the Chibosh, even something greater, even the Yosef's strength of that time. And it was Davke that Koya, because of Yehuda's show of strength, the Yidin were able to eventually to take a hold in the land of Mitzrayim, and ultimately also leading to the David Avdi Nasi Lohem Lo'edel. So in other words, in brief, what the Rebbe is saying so far is that yes, it's true that Yosef is a very, very strong person in Mitzrayim, but even what we know at the end of the story, that it's really Yosef, and still, because of Yehuda's show of strength, this brought out even a greater Chiddush, as the Rebbe will elaborate more, more in the Sisha later on, that it's Dafka, this strength of Yehuda that has something very, very unique about it and what it achieves. The Rebbe says this power of Yehuda could also be understood from another point. We know the story that Yaakov Avinu sends Yehuda, as Yehuda Sholat Lafonov, Lahoyrus Lafonov Goishna, that Yaakov Avinu sends Yehuda to organize a place to figure out what's the, how to settle in the land and so on and so forth. And here again, we can ask a very simple question. Since Yosef is the one that's running Mitzrayim, according to the orders of Pharaoh, Yosef is the one giving Yaakov and his family made of orders the best of the land. Why do we even need Yehuda to organize a place and to figure out what's the best way to settle in it? Why can't Yosef do all of that? So obviously this shows us again that it's somehow specifically the strength of Yehuda that has the ability to, to achieve all of us. 
in order to explain all of this, what strength of Yehuda are we talking about? And how is that even in a certain way even greater than Yosef's? The Rebbe says we could explain it in the following way. The general strength of a Yid in Olam Hazeh in this world and in the time of Golos, which we know that all Goliaths are associated and related to Mitzrayim, all Malchis are called on the name of Mitzrayim. So the strength of the Yid could be expressed in two different ways or can be seen in two different ways. Option number one is that his strength is only according to that which is possible according to the laws of nature, according to the rules of nature, according to the way the world runs. In other words, he is limited by nature and by the conduct of the world. And within in Golos, of course, that would mean also that he's limited according to the Kinyonim of Golos, the laws of the country, etc., etc. Then there's another way which is that the Yid stands completely higher and above all matters of the world, all matters of going, especially all matters of goals. And Adarava, the Yid, acts with all of these things with such might and such strength that he has the ability to change the laws of the country to have an impact all around him. And the Rebbe says, this is what Yehuda achieved, that not only... Is he sort of able to deal with the goals according to the laws of the world of gold and goals, which is sort of what Yosef did, that he was able to settle in the land and work with the land, but still in some way according to the laws of the country. But Yehuda was able to go completely, completely above that, as we will see later on in the Sittu. See you love. To understand this, we're going to have a look at the story of Mordechai HaYehudi in the time of Afashverish, which in many ways is similar to the story of Yehuda standing before Yosef. Even at the time, Aral Golos Parasulwadai, which is under the rulership of King Ahashverish, as the Gemara puts it, Avdei Ahashverish Anan, where a servant of slaves are in Golos of Ahashverish, not like in the story of Hanagra, which was during the time of the Beis Hamidosh, so this was during the time of Golos, and yet, how does Mordechai act in a way of He doesn't kneel, he doesn't bow down. Even though all the other servants of the king, are bowed down to Allah, because this is what the king ordered. Yet Mordechai is standing in such a strong way, even when all the servants are saying to him, Why are you going against the rules of the king? And yet he's not in his fall, he does his thing. Adhiraman brings a very interesting pasuk at a medrashanus. Regarding to the feast of Ahashverish, it says in the Megillah, this is the way the king had established, that everybody's wishes should be fulfilled by the meal. And the Gemara says, what does it mean, that the meal should be run and should be able to be done according to the wish of Mordechai. And Haman Ish Ve'ish refers to Mordechai. And Haman the Gemara brings Tukim. For Mordechai there's a posset Ish Yehudi. And Haman there's a posset Ish Tsari Oyevs. And both of them are called by the name Ish. And what the Megillah says that Shveirish said it should all be done according to Ritzwain Ish Ve'ish. It means according to the Ritzwain, to the desires of both Mordechai and Haman. That's the Gemara. What does the Medrash say? So the Mandarish has two statements. The, f- the first statement is, each one looking at it slightly different. The first statement is, the Abish just said, 
I, so to speak, cannot be Yoitza for all of my creations. I cannot, so to speak, do what everyone wishes. As the Medish will elaborate in a moment. And you think you could be Yoitza and Nukert, so you think you could satisfy everyone? It is customary in the world. If two people want to marry the same woman, could they each marry this? Could they both marry the same woman? Either she, either she marries this one or she marries that one. In a similar way, you have two ships. They're both leaving the port. One wants a ruatz foyus. One wants a northerly wind. Another one wants a ruatz droimus. The other one wants uh, a, a, a wind from the south. So could there be one wind that will satisfy both? Again, I'm either I'll have to give a wind for one or another. So this is what the Abishter is saying to, to Ahasuerus. You think he could satisfy everyone. And the message continues saying, Tomorrow there are two people going to come in front of you. One is an Ishiyohudi and one is an Ishtsarinovoyev. One is Mordechai, one is Homon. You'd think you could be Yotze for both of them. You'll have to end up lifting up one and hanging the other. In other words, according to this Pirish in the Medrash, Ahasuerus was making a tremendous mistake. There's no way he could accomplish both things at once. The Ratzin of Mordechai and the Ratzin of Haman. And therefore, the Pasuk is saying to him, there's no way you could be Yitzha both for Mordechai and Haman. There's complete opposites. That's the first statement in the Medrash. Comes along Ravuna in the name of Rabbi Yahweh Belevi, and he says slightly different. He says, nowadays, it's true. That when the Ruach Tzvoinist, when the wind from the north is blowing, you can't have the wind from the south blowing. When Moshiach is going to come, when the Abish is going to gather the exile. The Abish just says, I'm going to bring a, very, bring a very, very strong wind. A wind that will be able to come from both sides. And the Medrash goes on to say, there's a Pasek Rutsoin Yerei of Yasa. That the Amish there is the one that could fulfill the wish of all of those that fear him. That means to say that even if there's two wishes that seem to be contrary to each other, and yet the Amish could fulfill both of them. And that's the chapter it's saying you may have Yasa, that's Shavasim Yishwa, the Amish could fulfill the wish of all of those that fear. Even though they're opposite to each other, the Amish could listen and fulfill. Now, this is what Asid Lobe and the way the Amish deals with those that fear him. Whereas, of course, Ahasuerus, again, the point is really the same anyways, there's no way you are going to be able to fulfill your two best friends, but they're, they're so opposite to each other. Nevertheless, you wouldn't be able to fulfill it. And even though, again, we had a marshal before that if a person wants the two people want to marry the same woman, they can't. But again, that's only Boilomazen, the natural way of the world. But Biyiri Hashem, those that fear Hashem, the Abishter can manage to satisfy everyone. So that's the shot that the Abishter is going to give or it's saying Kishwish. Now, this is the way the Medrash says. But let's go back to the Gemara for a moment. From the Gemara, it seems, when Ahashveri said, that there's going to be, in the feast is going to be like the Ratzin of Mordechai and Amun. From the Gemara, it seems like there was no problem with that. This is what Ahasuerus did. Even Ahasuerus is able to do this. Question is, how does this fit with the Medrash, which the Medrash seems to be saying in both of the Pirushim, that it's really impossible. 
to do this, at least not in this world, to have two opposite desires fulfilled. Even according to the second British of the Magnus, it's only the Amish that could do it and so on. But definitely nowadays and definitely within the human ability, this is completely impossible. So how does the Gemara seem to be saying that loss is to it? So in Israel, it's just something that actually happened. So they never said like this in Suvzayit. We can explain it in the following way. When we say what is customary in this world according to the nature, and even by the Amish to Kavayochel, as the Amish to clothes himself within the conduct of the world, which is known as Shemin Kim, the way the Amish to comes down having the Shaykhus to the world, and in that situation, Taka, there can be two opposites, Las is Pirt, so in Israel, because they're two opposites. When we're speaking about the way the Amish is completely higher than the conduct of the world, then we could have last week's we could have two opposites coming together. The Rebbe says this is the difference between the various different Kirushim of the Gemara and the Medrash regarding this. In the first parish of the Medrash, the Medrash was speaking about how it's customary in this world, the Teva oil, we said it's impossible, these things don't happen. The second Peter show the Medish we said was how the Abishter is going to conduct himself that there is some room for losses with that the Abishter could make it happen as two opposite two people want opposite things. Now, what does the Gemara say? We just said that the Gemara seems to be saying that could even happen in these days. What's the shot of that? The shot of that is, where the Rebbe's learning the Gemara is telling the message is that really a Yid, even Bismar HaGolos, through his connection to the Abishur, could lift himself up to a situation, to the state of La'asid Lavoy, and therefore even nowadays have this idea of La'asid Lavoy, as we'll explain in just a moment. So the Rebbe explains this to you, the explanation of all of this works as follows. We know that every single thing in this world has a shoyrish in Kedusha. So Ahashveyrish, it's explained in many Svarim, many places. Now, Sindhus refers to the Amish to Kavayochel. And Chazal tell us, Ahashveyrish refers to Akadish Baruch, called Ahashveyrish, because Acharis, Vereshia Shaloi. Meaning to say, beginning with Endareis, he is the one that's all the way from the beginning and past the end, and so on and so forth. So Ahashveyrish is a remis to the Amish there. When the Pasuk says, Kain Yisa da Melech, La Sisker Tsoi Nijuesh, the Amish tells Tavanish, La Sisker Tsoi Nijuesh, what does this mean? So the Rebbe says the Pshat of Eir is where the Amish just set up this Teva in the world, is that there's a Ritsoi Nijuesh, there's different desires in the world. A person could choose either to act like Mordechai or to act like Homer, like the Ratsin of Mordechai or it's Ratsin of Homer, it's three. Ritsoi Nijuesh. As the famous Rambam, that every person is granted the permission to which way he wants to lean, which way he wants to go. Does he want to go to the good way and be a tzaddik? He's able to do that. If he wants to go the other way and be a Russian, that's also possible. But that's only the mitzvah of Ritzoyi Jewish. In other words, that's only that there could be two opposite desires and a person has to choose one of the ways. But it's one way that he has to choose. But to be both ways, to be able to have both ways, that's taka impossible. Because the road said of Mordechai, the will of Mordechai is in matters of Kedusha. 
The Rotsuit of Almond is exactly the opposite. And therefore, it's impossible that he could have both of these desires to fu- be fulfilled, Bishas Maisa, at one time in Poyal Mamashu, practicality. Either is going to be between Mordechai, either Mordechai is going to have his way, either is going to be the way of Kedusha, or, the, or it's going to be the other way, the way of Haman. To explain it a little bit deeper, the contradiction between La Seskert Soin Ishvoish is not only because practically you can't have these two opposites happening at the same time, but really the attitude of Mordechai, the attitude of Haman, are two completely, completely perspectives, opposite perspectives, two completely opposite approaches, which each one seems to be negating the other one completely. How is that? The desire and the attitude of Mordechai, as we said before, is He completely does not bow down. As the Chazal say, why is he called Mordechai Hayyuhudi? Because he completely denies and denounces Avoy Dezorah. Some of the denies of a desire is called a Yehudi. And that's why every Yid is called a Yehudi. Because Yiddishkeit and Yehudi is expressed in this idea that he denies Avay Dezorah as he said, Lo Yitkra, Velo Yishta, doesn't bow down. Now what does Avay Dezorah mean? Avay Dezorah doesn't only mean literally Avay Dezorah idol worship, but really anything that's not connected to serving the Amish there, even if it's not directly opposite of Shulchan but anything that's not directly connected in serving the Abishta is in a subtle way some sense of avoid desorah. What does avoid desorah mean? It's an avoider that is foreign to the yid. It's not the Indian of the yid. Because what is the whole idea of a yid is Allah yid's avoid is just to do what the Abishta wants. And the Chazal tell us, the only reason I was created is to serve the Abishta. And since I'm being created every single second in this world, it's understood that every detail of my life needs to be to serve the Abishter. And as the Torah actually tells us, that every one of our deeds need to be for the sake of Hashem. With everything that we do, we need to know Hashem. And if we say, and that means to say, First of all, all of your actions, but not only that, the kolasecha means also every part of the action, every detail of it needs to be l'shem shemayim. Because if there's any little detail outside of this, outside of serving Hashem, then that's already considered avoidah zoro, is something foreign to what the person is created for. And obviously, the ultimate is not only kolasecha l'shem shemayim. Which is, which is saying that there is something and it's only for a means to an end, to serve the Abish there, but really, which means to say that within what you're doing itself, you get to know the Abish there, and furthermore, it becomes Shemayim itself, not only the same Shemayim, this itself is becoming holy, and the Rebbe gives an example with food and drink. So sometimes we're eating and drinking in order to serve the Abish there later, but there's a higher level, of course, of heating and drinking, for example, on Shabbos, when that itself becomes part of a mitzvah, the mitzvah of Einik Shabbos. So getting back to Mordechai, what does Mordechai want? Absolutely no avoid desire. Nothing that's outside the realm of Elikus. Lo yichrab, lo to anything in the world. Even something that may be permissible according to Shulchan Aruch, but if it's not avoid desire, he says, this is avoid desire, this is something foreign, this is outside of my avoid on the other hand, what is the Rotsuit of Haman? 
Haman wants Avodah Zarah. And Avodah Zarah, not necessarily in the literal sense of Ahmadullah but as we said before, any Avodah that's foreign for the Yid, since it's not Avodah Sashem, and what Haman's argument, since we find ourselves in the Gashri, is the world, in a physical world. And in Golos, we are bent to the laws and limitations of nature that the Abish to created, so we have to take them into consideration, at least regarding our mundane life, all of our mundane things and matters of the world. So basically what comes out at last is Kirtzayn Ish To be able to fulfill the desires both of, both of Mordechai and Alman is really a contradiction with, in, in terms. Because Ayyid is, is in this Gashmi is the world. In Zmanagol, it says, Servants of Akashverish. With his various different limitations, both because of the laws of nature, the world, and the country. We know Dina de Balchusadina, we have to listen to. So the laws of the government, when it's not in contradiction to the fulfillment of Torah and Mitzvahs, which seem to be all forcing the Yid to act in a certain way. This seems to be even with the Abish, the ones that according to Torah. So in that case, it seems to me you cannot have Kertzoyin Ish to be able to fulfill the desire both of Mordechai and Alman. Why not? Mordechai is with the attitude, the Lo Yichra, the Lo saying that anything that's outside of Avodah Hashem is Avodah Zorah. That seems to be negating not only to act in a Haman style, but his whole, whole approach to life. They needed. They seem to be needing to take into consideration what the world says, had the laws of the world, the laws of nature, and the country. On the other end, if we are taking into consideration the fact that the Abish just saying Yidin into goals, so that it would seem to be, you have to act, as we call it, Kurt Sain Haman. You have to somehow take the laws of nature and the world into consideration if it's not a contradiction to Torah and Mitzvahs. So basically, are we taking the world into consideration or not? And yet, here is the Chiddush that the Rebbe comes up with. That when we are connected with the Eivishter, the Eivishter being completely, completely hired in the conduct of the world, we can actually combine these two opposites. That we can be in the world, in the time of goals, and yet lo yishra we could find ourselves completely above and beyond all of this. And the Rebbe says, now we can understand what the Medinish is saying. The two different attitudes of a yid, it is avoided in the time of Golas. This is the safe test we just started. Since the Abish just sent the yid into Eidomaza, and within that itself into Golas, under an Ahashmeirish, and it's a din in the Torah that dinah de Malchusadina would need to listen to the laws of the government. So you may think, as, the, as Hobbin says, that in matters of the world, if it's not connected to Torah and Mitzvahs, so it's not possible to have these ideas of Ritzoyed Ishu, Ishu, Lord of Haran, at the same time, meaning that at the same time that we are in Golos, servants of Ashvayroish, we should still have an attitude of Loy Yishra, Loy Yishpasavat, completely not being affected by anything of the world. Because you would think, Mimanavshach, either way, if the Abish just sent you to Golos, then means in some way we are limited by nature and by the laws of the country. Kurtzai no if we're not in Golos. Meaning to say we are acting Kurtzai Mordechai the way of Loyishrava, Loyishtachava. We're completely not as fall out looking at the world at all. Well then you don't have Ritzai Dawan. So you don't have these two things really coming together. It's real really either or. And then I've been 
regarding the obligations that he has to do with Torah and Mitzvah for into That's obvious that nobody could have any sort of authority over the Yid, even regard, even in the time of Golos. That's obvious. But we're speaking over here about matters of Rishus, matters of the world, Masecha and Rocherho, our mundane activities. So here the question is, how is it possible to have both the Ratzin of Homlet, meaning to say that we're taking the world and nature of the world into consideration? And if not, this Oliver Mitzvah Samelef, you seem to be going against what the king ordered. And at the same time, also having what Mordechai says, Lo There's the Rebbe, this is what the Medish tells us. This is all true. Whether there's some sort of contradiction, that's what we're dealing with, the normal order of the world. But of Mitzadi Ebishter, the way the Ebishter is completely higher than nature, we can actually have both opposites together. That is, then on the one hand, the Yid is in the world and in Golos, and at the same time, he's completely, completely above and beyond all matters of the world and Golos, and that's why he's and in fact, he even has an impact on the Goyish king, who seemingly is ruling over him, the Yid could have even an impact over him. And the Emesthetist, this is what the Gemara meant, when it said, La to be able to fulfill the Ratzin of both Mordechai and Amun. In the Medrash, we said, seems to be like, it doesn't really work so well. Only by the Amish there works, of course. But the Gemara seems to be saying about Hashverish, this is the case. Because the Pshat is, that by Mordechai standing with a complete bitul to the Abishter, lo yichra lo completely not affected by anything, completely denouncing and denying the way this is connecting him with the strength of the Abishter, which is higher than the world, giving him the koyap, that even as he is in Golos Paros, under the authority of King Ahasuerus, he should be able to stand in the greatest way of lo yichra lo and ultimately even achieving the nullification of the Xerah of Haman, and eventually more the Habi coming Mishnah Lamelech himself. And the Abishta gives this over to the desire and to the decision of every single Yid. Even as the Yid is in Golos, he has the choice also to act so in Ish, what does that mean? He has the uh, ability to choose. To stand strong only according to that which is necessary in the fulfillment of Torah and Mitzvah's Bepoil. But in all other things, he considers himself and thinks of himself as limited by nature and the conduct of the world and so on. And that is Kurtzayn Hamon, which we said is Avoidah This is an Avoidah that there's still some things that are sort of outside the domain of Kedusha. Or he acts in a way of Ritzlein Mordechai, that in every single aspect he acts completely higher than the world, higher than Golos, because he's connected to the Abishter, and therefore Lo Yichrat, the Lo Yishtarhavi, doesn't bend to anything that's not avoided such him. And it's only dependent on the Yid's own Ratzlein to decide which way he wants to go. Nevertheless, as the Rebbe adds in the end of the bracket, in the brackets at the end of his tests, there is a difference over the generations. That in other generations, there was still some sort of limitations from the outside. There was certain Xeris, Hamalkos, government rule, and decrees, and so on, which didn't enable the youth so much to be able to stand higher than the goal of completely worth. Where, as in our generation, the Rebbe says it's really only dependent on your own rots. And we'll explain soon. See you, Pute.
Says the Rebbe, now we can understand also the special mile, the special quality of Yehuda, by Yigashel of Yehuda, even more than Yosef. Even though it's true that Yosef at Sadiq was ruling the whole land, which represents already the idea that a Yid is Balabos, a Yid has power and rulership over the world and over the Goyim around him and so on. However, first of all, he is set up over there by Pari Melech Mitzrayim. That means that itself is part of the laws of the country and the king. Second of all, even as after he's appointed, there's a rock, Akisei Endal Nimeka Pari is still higher than him, which shows that Yosef himself, subtly, is still connected with the limitations of the world and of Mitzrayim. Whereas by Yigashel of Yehuda is expressed by the fact that he comes over to Yosef without asking permission, as we said before, and he affects that well, Yosef Yosef plays something. He he affects Yosef. He impacts Yosef. That eventually Yosef cannot contain himself, and so on and so forth, which all shows that Yehuda with the attitude that he completely doesn't take into consideration anything of the conduct of the country and the mimic of the world, and so on. In other words, you have over here, in a sense, combining two opposites, or it's like we said before, other one at it. Yehuda knows that he needs to come on to Yosef in order to free Binyam. Yehuda says to Yosef, realizing that he has the power similar to power to fulfill Yehuda's requests. Also, by the way, the Rebbe says, with that he was making sure that Yosef doesn't start sending him away um, to Paroi with the argument that, oh, um, Pari is above me and so on but Yehuda is telling Yosef you're just like Pari to me so that's all on the one end and at the same time on the other hand he's acting in such a, in such a bold way in such a courageous way as if he doesn't need Yosef at all by coming over to Yehuda with the greatest strength and courage and therefore specifically after Yehuda's attitude by Yehuda you didn't get the call out with the help of Yosef, of course. That my Yeshiv Baritz Mitzrayim, Yisrael Baritz Mitzrayim, that he didn't live in the land of Mitzrayim, in the land of Goisha, in the best part of the land, even though they're in Mitzrayim, which is made sort of with limitations. They're under paranoid. And yet, my Yeshiv Yisrael, they're sitting there in a proper way, in a real way. They're taking hold of the land, they get a a real piece of the land, and holding on to it, which means to say that they're becoming the Balabas over the place. Taking the making taking authority over the place. And by Yifru, by Yerbuboid, being fruitful and multiplying over there in a way of Milo and the Divine Bullet. And that in turn leads to by Yakov Baritzman that we know that Yaakov lives his best years. Seventeen, we go after Yatoyim, his best years, Baruchni Sambagashmias in Mitzrayim. Just very, very briefly to summarize some of the main points that we're just learning is that what the Rebbe is explaining is that Yehuda's special mile is similar to Mordechai, is this idea of being completely, completely beyond the limitations, restrictions, and attitudes of Golos. In other words, even though on the one hand, being in a state of Golos, and at the same time, being completely, completely beyond it, and the Rebbe is saying that each and every Yid also has the courage to act in a similar way. Said the Rebbe in Zikidal. Now we can also understand the connection of Ayiga Sheil of Yehuda in the beginning of the parsha, with the David Avdi Nasi in an afterlo, which we asked before, that seemed to be two opposites. Originally, it seemed that Vayiga Sheila Yehuda is really saying that Yosef is greater, and the afterlo, it comes out that Yehuda will be greater. So the Rebbe says, the strength of Yehuda approaching Yosef, which really comes 
because of Yehuda's connection with the Abishter. Yehuda's from the word Washam Haidah, thanking and submitting oneself to the Abishter. Yehuda is connected to the Abishter in a way that's completely higher than the conduct of the world, sin, the way it's going to be lost and lovely. That itself is the Achana. Yehuda's way of conduct is the Achana. It would give it the Koya to the bringing the Gula Amitis Vashlemo. When it will be this Gala Betachlis Ashlemos in the whole world, the strength of the David Abdi, Nasilo Emloilum, which is connected to the power and the strength of the Abishter, which is the one that we said before, combined to opposites, and in such a way that it even impacts the Goyim, as it says in the Aftoyim, that in Goyim will know, I am Hashem, and as the Rambam Paskins, the Yilchim will tell us Hashem, the Mashiach is going to fight the wars of Hashem, and be victorious over all the nations around him, and be piled that all the nations will turn to the Abishter and will call out to the Abishter, and serve the Abishter in a united way. And as it's explained in many places, that the Koyach for the Gili of the David Avdi Nostilo Emloilo, which we just said is the Milo of Yehuda, really is coming from Baigashel of Yehuda, from the fact that Yehuda approached Yosef. So this explains that by Yehuda approaching Yosef, he was getting Ashbar from Yosef. And that itself helps to reveal the Milo of Yehuda, that the David Avdi Nostilo Emloilo. It's explained that this is similar to the idea of Smichas Gupula Latfilat, that was supposed to say Gaal Yisrael, right next to Shwein Esrei, as we'll see in a minute, that Shwein Esrei is more connected to Yehuda, the idea of Gupula is connected to Yosef. So, what happens when Smichas Gupula Latfilat will bring Gaal Yisrael, the Brocha Gula, right next to Tfilat, that were Poyul, that also within the Tfilat, within the level of Malos, or the level of Yehuda, into that is Nimshach the Gula. When you bring them together, that means the Gula itself is Nimshach coming in into the level of Shwena Esri. Again, being the level of Malthus is Nimshach the level of Gula, which is the level of Yosef, or the level of Yisoid. And it becomes what's called the Gula Arichta. The Gemara discusses sometimes these things that we seem to be making an interruption between the Gula and Tefillah, but the Gemara calls it it's one little Gula. It's really part of the Brach of Gula as well. So in other words, that Malthus itself becomes, it has the mile of Gula, or as the expression, Hamalach HaGoyel. Based on this, as the Rebbe, we could add and say that the idea of Ayyigash Eil of Yehuda emphasizes in addition to just the fact that Yehuda is approaching and getting from Yosef, as based on everything we said before in the Sutta, it's also emphasizing the strength of Yehuda. Taka, because... Oh, it is Milo over Yosef. Because as we said, it is a coming out a certain advantage in Yehuda, even over Yosef. And the fact that he needs to come on to Yehuda and request things from Yehuda is only in order to ultimately reveal his own strength of Shlemus as it will be lost in love. Says the Rebbe in Sefid Beis. Based on all of this, we can understand now the Hoyerov from Ayiga Shail of Yehuda regarding our generation, regarding our Tkufa, Standing so close just before the Gula Amitis Vashling. Notwithstanding all the strength of Yehuda at his time and Mordechai in his time and the Tzadikim and Yidim in all generations. Still in all previous generations there were certain limitations from the outside because of the Goyim, because of their Xeris on the Yidim. Rahmanu Litzwad and Hoyoloisiyah, which not always allowed, enabled the Yidim to act for the full strength of Balabatishkaif. Whereas in our generation and in our time, we see clearly that we don't have all of these disturbances as in the past, and the Goyim are allowing Yidin to act as they wish, 
And therefore, now it's surely only dependent on the Ratzon of the Yid, that it should be by Archazubah, by Yifru, by Yerbuloid, to be able to act in the greatest way. And as it's being Bukuyim, Bapoil in many places, with all strength, with a whole bright sky, with all of the, with all of the courage and boldness and 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 power that a youth could could uh, could do, and this applies both in this country in America, in the United States, there's the Malfusol Chesed, which allows Yidden to do as they decided in their old Ratzon, and so too in many other countries in the world. And in recent years, we see that even in those countries which previously there were certain limitations. Then now those Angbolis are also nullified, as we discussed many times. That Avedava not only Eden are free to act according to their desires, but furthermore, the Goyish governments themselves are actually helping them. In addition to the fact that Eden are able to act in the way of Torah and Mitzvahs in their own Daladalmas, in their private little place, we see Bapoil that in recent years it became easier and easier also to be Poil in every single place that the Eden come, they could sort of take charge in all parts of the world, because now the world itself, not only Yidin, but even the Goyim, are akali to be macabre matters of Yiddishkeit, Taira, and Mitzvahs, and regarding the Goyim, of course, Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noyam. Furthermore, the Rebbe, the Rebbe says, as we spoke many, many times recently, that according to the Oida, according to the notification of Kavoyit Kedushas, Moedi V'chami Anmonasi Dereinu, that by now we finished already all the honors for the Gul, now we just need to be mamshir l'gula b'poil b'gashlius into the physicality and the materialism of the world, materialism that turns into gashlius. So drawing down the gula into this gashlius, the world b'goli lady baster, because notwithstanding all the strengths of Yidden in the time of Golos, even as they are standing in a state of a ruchli is the gula, but still it doesn't come to the shleimus as it's going to be by the gula b'pashtus. We're going to have in a revealed way in this gashlius the world. Nevertheless, we have, bottom line is, we still have the situation of Golas from like children being exiled from their father's table, including the fact that Yidin are counted, considered like a like someone that her husband went overseas after the first stage of marriage, referred to the Amishter, of course, being married to the Yidin by Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, and then there will be the final Misuin, the final marriage by the Gulam, which is but in the meantime, it's as if the husband has gone overseas. So by now, the Rebbe says, we're holding in a situation already so close to the Gula that if it says all we need to do now is open our eyes and see how the whole world is demanding that every single yid should be already in a state of Bubula Amitis Vashleimah. The Yeshleimah, the Rebbe says, we could say that this itself is the reason for the fact that we see today how Yidin are able to stand in all the matters of Yiddishkeit with a full strength and Balabatishkeit even over Goyen and only dependent on the Ratzon of the Yid. And why is that? Now, specifically, because we're standing so close to the Gula, the time when it's going to be revealed with David Ali, and the Goyim will know that I am Hashem. Therefore, this is reflected also in the situation in our generation as a direct Hachanah for the Gula. The Rebbe says, we can add, this is also hinted in the words by Nigash Elul Yudah. Together with all of the help and the strength of the Avoid of the Yosef of our generation, which is Kuwait Kedusha Swede Vukhami Adamurnasidarenu. So Yosef being a hint over here to the three Dikrebbe. So in addition to that, we also have the Vainigash Elav Yehuda, that is Moshiach, that will come Bakaro Ivnamish, 
which comes which comes by the hell and the special from Yosef of our generation, Yosef is like Paru, but here he was speaking about in a positive sense, Paru of Kedusha, the level of the Avish, which is called Paru, for which Paru means is revealed all of the greatest oils. If I may just add that later, it seems to, from here, if we could say so, it seems almost obvious in this paragraph that the Yoistif, as the Rebbe is pointing out, is referring to the Friedrich Rebbe, and then the Rebbe saying, Vayigash Elov Yehudol, which is coming B'Koyach of Yosef, is referring to Moshiach, that seems to be a clear remise to the Rebbe himself. Back to the Sifluol of this, we understand the lesson to our generation, and we act in a way of Vayigash Elov Yehudol, in all matters of Yiddishkeit, we stand with the greatest strength and Balabatishkeit, being a Yid, that we recognize and Bishwili Yisrael, the whole world was created for the sake of the Yidin. That itself reads to the David Abdi Nasi Lailoilom for Mashiach to be the leader of Yidin forever and ever. Says the Rebbe in Sifu The idea of the Yigashel of Yehuda, this special strength of Yidin in the time, in, over the world, in our generation, especially emphasized there on the day of Hey Tevis. Because that year was on Thursday, just before Shabbos, and that the Shabbos, that the Rebbe is saying, the Sikhar Zion Davis is without three ta- days of Hay Tavis. What's Hay Tavis? It's a day that's specially connected with the release and the Pinjari Shavuy of the Sporim and Ksavim, of the writings of the Sporim of Rabbi Seinu Nisiyen of our Rabbi, in a way that this came with a full agreement and help from the government and Goyish courts, Le'eni Kalamim. In the eyes of all the nations in the federal court. However, says the Rebbe, there are still Sfarim and Kisveyad on the Bredeke Rebbe and his father, the Rebbe Rashab, which are still in captivity back in Russia and still not returned to their place. Even though, even regarding them, there was already orders from the government, those of the Goyesha government, that they should be released. And it is they connected with the fact that in recent days, the capital city of that country was in this battle and moved to another a city based on the laws and uh, of that particular country, which in that case we say Dino de Balchusa Dino. So the Rebbe says, what is it that we can do to somehow hasten the pinyo in the return of these Sfarim and these manuscripts? And the Rebbe says the answer is very simple. It's by every single year men, women, and children, we should do something similar to this idea by bringing it to our houses, into our libraries, etc. Holy Sforim and Ksavim, new in Yonim of Torah, in addition to all of the Sforim that we had before, and by Yismoli Sforim. And the Rebbe says today, this is very, very easy to perform, because every single week there's new matters of Torah being printed, both as far as things that are reprinted, and more importantly, new things, so therefore, it's so easy to buy Svarib, and in that way, um, to add and more and more in receiving and buying Svarib. The Rebbe says it's known the explanation of Nasi Deirenu regarding the fact that, it, for, that you have to pay for a Sefer. And the Rebbe says that the Pridikarema sometimes actually instructed to print the price of the Sefer on some of the countries. And the reason he explained was because in this world, oil of this world, hell of Esther. The way it works is, in this world, is that something important costs money. In other words, when you pay for something, it's it's more valuable. And actually, it's, a, it's based on a Maimar Chazal. The Gemara says, 
that a doctor that heals for free, well, that's what he's worth. He's not worth anything either, or the cure isn't worth anything. So especially regarding matters of fighter, which try to bring you forward to the world, of course he has to pay for it. The quicker we ask, act in this way, the more praiseworthy it is to be regarding this now and to fulfill it as soon as possible, including ordering Sfarim in advance and paying for it by making an order to receive new Sfarim that are going to come out. Um, similar to a book club type of thing that you're going to get every new Sefer that comes out, that as soon as um, the Sefer comes out, those that have subscribed immediately get the Sefer. In addition to this, that I've said that it's done, it's, it's appropriate to utilize the mimic Yisrael to give holy Sfarim that are printed as a matana to others, including to little children, for their simcha or before a yomta, etc. The Rebbe concludes and says, Yudalavi'iratzim. By every single yid broadening his kubulais in getting new svarim. This will hasten even more the, the fulfillment of my yidash ale of Yehuda that there should be an opinion shuyim. Like in that case, it was a opinion shuyim of binyamin. But in this case, opinion shuyim of all of the svarim and psalm of Rabbi Sayyidu to come back to their real place to base it on Beidun Shavabovel to 770, which is the gematria of the word paratsa. There they will join all the Sfarim and all of the Ksavim of Rabbi Sayyidun Siyeno. And the take of Umiyad Mavish, this will bring the Pinky Shreem of all sparks of holiness in the world. And the take of Umiyad Mavish, Mavish, all the Yidin will go with our young and old, with our sons and our daughters, together with our silver and gold. Together with all their Sfarim and all their Ksavim, Lard Sayyidun Akadosh, to our holy land, Yerushalayim, in our Kodesh, Lahar Akadosh, Lebeis Hamidosh, Ashlishi, and to the Kodesh Akadoshim. With the Evadasha Seer standing without any change whatsoever from the time of the creation of the world, and all of this taken from the Yad Mamsh.